The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. The following program is a repeat. Please do not message or call in. Any announcements made on the program may now not be applicable. Assalamu alaikum and a very good morning to you. It's 10 o'clock, Monday 4th of February 2019 and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking it all the way up to 12 o'clock on where else? The Urban Cube, of course, brought to you on Inspire FM and we're going live and direct to the lovely, lovely people across Luton surrounding areas and our awesome listeners across Islam Radio and Link FM. So Islam Radio in Peterborough, Assalamu alaikum to all our listeners there and the very, very fabulous listeners Oh, at Link FM as well in Sheffield. Wow, goodness me, it was wonderful driving into the studio this morning and not a single speckle of snow in sight, mashallah. What a weekend it's been. Um, love to find out how you guys got through it, especially in the Luton surrounding areas. I mean, Friday was tremendous, goodness me. I mean, the adventure I had on Friday and the many schools were closed um, across Luton, but a, there were lots of... Uh, I, places that were still still remained open but a lot of children were not um, in school so mashallah um, uh, it was quite an interesting experience being at home with the children they absolutely loved the snow they were out outdoors getting on with it um, what was your experience like folks and um, did everything just was on standstill for you. Um, I remember back in the day, say a good 10, 15 years ago, where, you know, you'd have like a good, you know, seven, eight, ten centimetres of snow and you'd still carry on or you'd have half a metre of snow and you still carry on, get on with things. But now even the tiniest speckle of snow and then everything seems to be on a standstill. I don't know whether that's fair uh, to do so, but uh, maybe it's a safety thing. I don't know. But I would love to find out what you guys got up to on that Friday um, when it kind of snowed quite intensively across Luton or I mean was it intense I don't know but it did seem as if everything had stopped it did look absolutely gorgeous I love it when the snow is just completely pristine it's not been touched and it just it just looks absolutely glorious um not very attractive when it gets a little bit sleety but um yeah Okay, I'm babbling on a bit, um, as always. It is Monday morning and you're listening to The Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on the show this morning. And um, what an interesting show, I promise it promising it to be because we've got another four fabulous guests um, that will be joining me over the phone this morning to share their creative journey um, and how they use creativity to kind of inspire, motivate and um, just reflect uh, uh, regarding their careers and um, the audiences that they engage with as well. Um, I'll be sharing with you who they are very, very shortly. Um, Also kind of uh, getting on with some current news stories as well with the uh, guests this morning. But I also want to kind of uh, mention some national days, some national and international days that have been um, celebrated across the world. It is World Cancer Day. You may have heard Brother Tarek um, mention this on the Rise and Shine show this morning. It is World Cancer Day and... um, there were some absolutely beautiful messages that were coming through and one particular message that really, really did resonate deep um, whilst driving and listening to the Rise and Shine show this morning was the fact that it was a, a wonderful sister asking everybody to make the war for those that have been impacted by cancer. Um, please do, let's all keep our 
friends, family, those people impacted by um, cancer and those people that um, are going through treatment or have lost loved ones, um, just keep them in your prayers, inshallah. Um, and some in today's show, we will be kind of reflecting on, on across the week and potentially next week as well, um, reflecting around um, World Cancer Day as well and the way we can kind of make sure that uh, people are getting the, the correct... Um, not correct treatment, but actually making sure that they go and get themselves checked out because there are still a lot of women, um, and I'm speaking as a woman, a lot of women that are still not getting um, tests done or getting getting themselves checked out. And I think it's really, really important that people, you know, um, take the, any signs seriously and go and see a doctor. Um, and if they have any concerns, and make sure they contact the right uh, people right means of communication induced in doing so. Okie doke. Okay, so on this morning's show, folks, I'm joined by, um, as promised, a wonderful array of guests. And, um, and we're going to be talking about some very, very interesting topics as well, which I hope will be motivating you through the week as well and hopefully getting you involved with some of their some of their projects too um i'm going to be joined by farah subhan very very shortly and she's of farah visual arts and she uses a pop art aesthetic to explore her identity as a muslim woman living in the, in the west as well as various other important political and human humanitarian issues taking place around the world she's also the co-founder of dot and they've held recent creative meetups and she's also um, going to be talking to me about a project that she's actually launching or she's part of in Luton, a very, very poignant and very significant project. And it's um, she's exhibiting a piece of work to raise awareness on the issue of knife crime. Yes. Um, Farah Subhan will be talking to me about a project which is called 20 Seconds to Murder, which is a visual arts um, project which is going to be showcasing at Luton Sixth Form and inshallah she'll be talking to us about why she's got involved with this project and what it actually means um, in raising awareness of this knife crime project. Now um, as we can appreciate knife crime is in the headlines all the time it's a growing problem um, and it seems to be worsening and not lessening, unfortunately, with the loss of a number of young people's innocent lives um, lost because of knife crime. Um, the list is is just so extensive and the numbers of children, and it is children that have also been impacted by this. Um, and uh, this project I is going to be very quite interesting to learn about. Um, and I'm really, really pleased that uh, Farah Subhan, who is very well known for her art um, uh, and, and, and tackling poignant and uh, taboo issues through her artwork, is part of this very extraordinary project, which has actually been led by um, an artist by the name of Halima. Um, Halima is somebody that you may have uh, heard me interview on the show, Halima Ali. She's another artist in Luton who's doing tremendous work, uh, Mashallah, across the town, um, politically, creatively, and socially as well. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, just another project that um, I think has quite a significant place across Luton. Now, on the phone, I'm joined as uh, really, really delighted to have the very, very awesome Farah Subhan joining us this morning, all the way from London. Assalamu alaikum. Waalaikum salam. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you so very much, my dear, for joining us this morning um, from your very, very busy schedule. Now, um, I have introduced you 
just before um, giving you my salams this morning, you are part of some very exciting projects and nationally, but there's also one locally, which is very is, is very significant, um, inshallah. Um, but before we talk about that, Farah, I just want to say, how are you this morning? Alhamdulillah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. You're, you're very, very welcome. Now, it is a national sweater day, Farah. Are you in your sweater? <laughs> um, yes, I am, actually. I love jumpers, and in this weather, there's nothing better than a comfy uh, sweater, isn't it? Um, I'm I'm wearing a lovely cable knit sweater, and I absolutely love um, the coziness uh, and just snuggling up in a in a like a really nice chunky sweater. But um, when's the last time you know, like you received anything hand knitted? And that's the question I'm going to ask my listeners. Do you folks? Do you like? Do you own anything that's hand knitted? And are you into knitting? Is knitting your thing, Farah? Are you into knitting uh. at all? Not at all, actually. I don't know how to knit. Um, uh, it's actually quite beautiful, and, and I admire people that can knit, but I've never actually given it a go. Um, maybe this is something that could be prescribed as well by the NHS, maybe, because I ha- this is something we're going to be talking to you about, because there is mm-hmm. quite a lot of um, articles that have been circulated suggesting that the NHS plans to recruit um 1,000 social prescribers to refer patients to local activities and they're actually really kind of pushing this drive, the NHS is, as art as, a, uh, as art being prescribed. And you're somebody that um, works very, very closely uh, with art as a means of art for social action, mashallah. Um, and, and is this something that you think is needed or...? Um, I think, um, yeah, absolutely, it's very much needed. I think... At the moment, we we all know that the NHS, they're already bursting at the seams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that these um, link workers, I think they're called, they're going to be helping so much because um, a lot of the people that go to the GP, most of them actually need help with um, low-level mental mm-hmm. health or sometimes it's just loneliness um, and, you know, social problems. So then um, these link workers can sit down with them and actually look at their life as a whole wow. um, and help them. Um, identify where where things are lacking. It might be um, making new friends. It might be being more creative. So yes, I think this is really really good. It sounds really good you know, as artists ourselves, as creative practitioners, we can see the benefit of art. And it, I think for mm-hmm. me personally, um, being an artist has kind of like enabled me to keep my mental health invigorated. Um, and w- would you say that you're in a lucky place as well? Because if this is if it's been prescribed and you're already in this field, you clearly see the benefit. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, um, being creative helps you in so many ways mentally it keeps you you know on your toes keeps you creating um, but also on a self-esteem basis as well I mean the more you create the more you feel better about yourself and the more empowered you feel and also I mean personally I also use my work to open up these discussions and get my messages across so I think you know it can be used as therapy as well to help you you know express these thoughts mm. and these feelings that you might find Hard, you know, a bit hard to talk about. So, and that's something that you that, that's something that you've done um, so successfully, martial art, because you're internationally recognised for your pop art, and you're using um, 
your identity as a Muslim woman living in the West, as, where, as well as other important political and humanitarian issues taking place in the world through your artwork. For those people that are obviously listening into the show this morning who may have not had the experience of uh, seeing your artwork, how would you actually describe it visually to our listeners? Um, I use <laughs> the brightest colours that you can mm. think of. Um, so I'm, I'm actually drawn to these neon colours and, mm. and the bright, bright colours. And but the thing is, with my work, the colours can draw you in. Um, and the style that I use is quite bold. But then, um, if you look closer, I'm actually talking about some very important things. Like recently, I've made some work about mental health in the Muslim community. Um, I have talked about police brutality and. Um, Islamophobia, you know, war in the Middle East. So I think, you know, the colours draw you in, but then the messages keep you interested. Alhamdulillah. And and this is what's so remarkable about it because you are drawn in instantly by the vibrancy and the burst of colours and then you you come close to thinking, oh gosh, there's a message entwined in this mm-hmm. vibrant uh, vibrant palette of uh, colour and it kind of does, it does hit you quite hard in a good way and you know and it's provocative but clearly very very clever as well mashallah um you've taken your work across the country but you're also now coming to the heart of Luton as well and you're part of an upcoming in, um, exhibition, mashallah, which is um, about your exhibiting a piece of work to raise awareness on the issue of knife crime and it's called 20 Seconds to Murder. Wow. Um, tell us more, Farah, because this sounds quite um, quite mm-hmm. s- intense um, but very, very valuable. Um, yes, I think it's, it's very relevant and it's much needed. And um, I actually was approached by Halima and I instantly felt, you know, that I needed to be part of this cause. Um, you know, the way she explained to me, um, you know, how knife crime is on the rise in Luton. And it's not only Luton. I mean, I'm in London and mm-hmm. you see all the time in the news. Um, and I just thought it's something that I really need to raise awareness for. Um, and um, it, it's also the way that Halima came across, you know, Azan's mum as well, because she's the one who who met Halima at one of her previous exhibitions and actually asked her to curate this exhibition. And Azan was, um, unfortunately, he passed away last year and his attack lasted 22 seconds. So um, Halima is curating this exhibition in memory of Azan Kaleem. And Azan, um, greatly missed by everyone that knew him. And it has, it did rock the community of Luton, not just Luton, but also nationally as well, um, his, his, his murder. And, um, and this, I hope, is this exhibition, I hope, will help to raise awareness um, across the community on how important it is for us as a community to tackle the issue of knife crime. Um, Farah, what do you feel will come from this exhibition and what are you hoping may possibly, you know, um, may possibly change? um, I think Halima is on a really good path with this exhibition because um, when we talk about these important issues, especially mm. to the youth, it's really hard to sit them down and get these points across. Right. I think I think with this exhibition, because it's interactive, it's visual, mm-hmm. and um, there's also going to be performances and poetry. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the people that do attend, whether they're parents or or young people themselves, I hope that these different ways of expression will actually hit something with them and mm-hmm. make them realise that something needs to be done in the community. 
um, I think it's a it's an issue that needs to be tackled as a whole. You know, it's um, and and I think Halima is in a really good way of, of getting these messages across. Inshallah, inshallah. So this inshallah. is a knife crime project um, that you're involved with, um, folks. If you're listening into the show, you are listening to the Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, um, taking you all the way up to the 12 o'clock. I'm joined by a very, very significant um, and respected artist by the name of Farah Subhan of Farah Visual Arts. Um, she uses pop art aesthetic to explore her identity as a Muslim woman living in the West, as well as various other important political and humanitarian issues taking place around the world. She's also um, part of a very, very important and very relevant art exhibition um, and event that is happening um, in Luton on the 18th of February. And this is uh, called 20 se- 22 Seconds to Murder. It's a knife crime project and her work will be... Um, the piece of work that she's exhibiting will help to raise awareness of the issue of knife crime. Um, and uh, Farah, will you be present at this event when it happens? Um, I'm hoping so. It's going to be on a Monday, on the 18th, and mm. it's from 12 to 6 p.m. Okay. Um, but yes, if I can organise childcare, I'll be there, definitely. And, and you are a working mother as well, mashallah. Um, how are you managing your artwork and motherhood? Um, it, it's it's all about juggling everything, isn't it? And just um, you know, I pray that this year I'm a bit, I'm going to be a bit more. Um, um, I'll, I'll be better at time management, <laughs> and um, you know, because I homeschool as well, so it's not like you know the kids give me any time. But Alhamdulillah, you just get on with it, don't you? Uh-huh. And you do get on with it exceptionally well, even more so <laughs> now that you're now a co-founder of something called, um, is it the Doctor Guild? Um, and, um, yeah. and this is a meetup of creatives across uh, the country and in particular in London. And you had a recent creative meetup at the Tate. How did it go? Oh, yeah, it went, it was really, really well. It went really well, alhamdulillah. And um, we, we're just a platform of artists. We we want to help each other as creatives and support each other. So uh, we host exhibitions across London. And also we had a meetup last December at the Tate. So loads of people came together um, and just networked and got to know each other a little bit better. Um, and this year we're hoping to host a few more workshops and exhibitions as well. And well, how can people get in contact with you if they're wanting to get involved with um, the Dot Guild uh, and possibly go to one of these events? And do they have to be London, London-centric? Um, at the moment we're based in London, but we are hoping um, to branch out um, and at the moment, you can follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. on uh, .guild and um, all the information will be on there or even on my page, Fire Visual Arts. I tend to um, share all our upcoming events, inshallah. But we have quite a lot on coming up this year. Mm-hmm. And what made you want to come to Luton to be part of this particular exhibition? And have you been to Luton um, prior to this? I think the only time I, I came to Luton was to be on your show uh, before. <laughs> Lovely to have um, you back. <laughs> a couple of years ago, actually. But um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm quite picky with um, the exhibitions that I'm part of. Okay. And, you know, the, the brief really needs to speak to me. Uh-huh. And um, when Halima um, approached me, I, I knew that this was something that I needed to do and something wow. that I needed to support. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think um, I think people need to 
to be more aware of, of this issue because it, you know, it could be anyone. Of I mean, you, you can read it. You read it in the news, but when mm. it's your neighbour, when it's part of your family, that's when it really hits you how close, mm. how close these issues are. And it is more closer than home than we realise. Mm-hmm. And as a mother yourself, I can appreciate how how important it is to kind of make sure that a message like this is loud and clear. Um, so for, for folks who have just tuned in, um, I'm speaking to um, Farah Subhan of Farah Visual Arts and we're talking about art for social action this morning. Um, we're talking, we've talked about how art has been prescribed by the NHS, inshallah, um, which is, it sounds crazy, but it's absolutely awesome as well. But also talking to Farah about um, her work which is going to be exhibited um, at an exhibition called 20 Seconds to Murder and Exploring the Dangers of Knife Crime, um, which I'm really quite excited um, to... I don't know whether excited is the right word to use, but I'm really quite looking mm-hmm. forward to actually seeing this exhibition because it's it's such a it's such a big subject and to have art... Using art to tackle this subject, do you think it's... Um, going to be enough though Farah? I, I think so I mean I mean speaking to Halima and, and when she was explaining to me her her feelings behind the exhibition I think she does have a point in saying you know especially the teenagers nowadays mm-hmm. you know the youth um it's not easy to just sit them down and speak to them face to face and say you know you shouldn't be doing this or you know it might the, the message might not hit home hard enough Whereas um, an event like this, um, they're going to be seeing work from artists, which okay. I believe art, art can be more poignant, you know, mm-hmm. in the way it speaks to you. Um, and also there's going to be poetry and it's going to be um, an event where people are getting together. And inshallah, there's going to be a nice parents there as well. Wow. And um, Halima and, you know, and I think meeting maybe meeting Azan's parents and and seeing the grief might make them realize of course you know that this is a real issue and mm-hmm. and like i said it it could be our family it could be a neighbor it, you know it could be anyone anyone this story is um it, it's a fact of life unfortunately the number of young people who've experienced or impacted or know somebody who has been stabbed um is is more real than we'd like to believe, um, unfortunately. Now, this uh, this project um, is a performance and discussion. The venue is Luton Sixth Form College. It's happening on the 18th of February. The time is 12 o'clock um, um, to 6 o'clock in the evening. It's a free event open to all. Um, if you'd like to get involved, please email um, contact at halimaali.com. So that's contact at Halima. Ali.com. Inshallah, I will be speaking to Halima next week, fingers crossed, um, to talk a little bit more in depth about this event um, because I do think it's extremely significant and I'm so delighted, Farah, you're part of it because your work is really profound and what's remarkable is is, is the fact that you're using pop art to kind of um, really relay some very, very poignant and very, very important issues. Um has the piece been created for her? Has it already been completed or are you still in the process of um, developing it? Um, yes, I'm just in, in the middle of um, painting at the moment. So I've got some time ahead of me. The, the event is on the 18th of February, so inshallah. I'll be okay for time, inshallah. Fantastic. And um, Farah, if there's anybody that wants to kind of connect with you, um, what are your social media handles? 
Um, yes, so I'm online um, under Fire Visual Arts on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, yep, yeah, Fire Suban as well on Facebook. And I've got um, a website as well, Fire Visual Arts. Fantastic. And Thank any you. advice that you could give to um, any budding pop artists out there that would like to kind of go into your your genre of artistry? Um, I think, yes, go for it. It's much needed. I think um, as Muslim creatives, we need to find a way to get our messages out there now more than ever. And um, if you find something that you're comfortable with and something that really defines you as a creative, you should really go for it head on. Um, and also, we're very lucky... Um, I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with social media, but I think we're very lucky to have these platforms now to share our work on. And um, we should use what we have to, you know, show what we're doing. And you know what I absolutely love about your work, Farah, is the fact that, you know, yes, social media is extremely important, but you're not just working via social media. You're actually getting out of the social media space and connecting with people and taking them to real spaces like galleries to have um, discussions and meetups as part of like Dot Guild, which is super, super exciting as well. So Farah, thank you so very much for joining us this morning. Have a lovely warm, wrapped up warm day in your sweater because it's National Sweater Day and you might even want to grab some soup as well because it's National Soup Day too. I've got it all sorted on this show. Um, give my love to the kids um, and good luck with this project, inshallah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you're, you. You're very, very welcome. That was the very awesome Farah Subhan of Farah Visual Arts talking to me about art for social action and art therapy being prescribed by the NHS as well as the project uh, 20 second, 22 Seconds to Murder, which she is ex exhibiting an art piece at this very, very important um, performing arts and visual exhibition happening at Luton Sixth Form, which I'll be talking a lot more about um, later on in the show. So I'm heading off to a break inshallah and after that i'm going to be having more creative conversations with some awesome guests so join me straight after this assalamu alaikum there are two blessings which many people waste health and free time in sahih al-bukhari so why not spare some of your time and join me sister shikufta by tuning into your health is your wealth where i'll be speaking about holistic health and well-being including tips from the quran and sunnah that's every Monday at 1pm on Inspire 105.1 FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. The following programme is a repeat. Please do not message or call in. Any announcements made on the programme may now not be applicable. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It is 10.30 exactly and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on the Urban Cube show brought to you on Inspire FM. Going live and direct across Luton and uh, surrounding areas, Peterborough and Sheffield this morning as well. And we have the repeat at 8pm this evening. Now you can catch all the conversations on um, Facebook, which is live, but just audio, folks. Just audio, because all the guests this morning are actually over the phone so uh, they're joining me all over the phone now I've had the absolute pleasure of speaking to the very tremendous uh, Farah Subhan of uh, Farah Visual Arts and she was talking to me about art for social action on this morning's show, she shared with us her passion for creativity and also the fact that um, 
her work. Um, we were talking to her about how the NHS is actually prescribing art um, as a uh, for well-being. How awesome is that? And her opinions and thoughts on that. And we also talked to Farah about um, a project that she is involved in in Luton. And it's a knife crime project. And the exhibition is being held at uh, Luton Sixth Form College on the 18th of February um, from 12 to 6 o'clock. It's a free event open to all. And it's called uh, 22 Seconds to Murder. Her work is basically, she is um, exhibiting artwork at this exhibition to highlight knife crime and the dangers of it, inshallah. So we will be speaking to the creator of this project, Halima Ali, inshallah, on the show, hopefully next week, to talk a little bit more in depth on why this exhibition um, is needed and what she aims to um, gain from it and how it can actually hopefully have an impact on the audiences that will be participating. It's a free event open to all um, and I look forward to finding out a little bit more about it and hopefully attending this event as well. Now on today's show I'm joined by as always tremendous guests motivating my Monday, I hopefully yours as well um, on some of the amazing work that they are involved in engaging, engaging the wider communities not just locally but nationally nationally as well. Now, um, some of those guests uh, will be, um, I'm going to be joined by Sabah Chowdhury. Sabah Chowdhury is a journalist extraordinaire. Now, you might have heard her voice in the actual advert prior to the show, mashallah. She's a producer, a presenter and a journalist. And she's uh, she's produced two outstanding programmes on Muslim channels. And I'm going to join, just joining to speak to her about her, her, her career to date, because um, I just think she has such a lovely spark about her. She's going to help me wake up on this wonderful, glorious Monday morning. And my goodness, I am totally awake this morning. Um, Wrapped up very, very warm in my sweater. And I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm rolling with it in this sweater because it is National Sweater Day. And it just reminded me, the the sweater that I'm wearing, on... um, the hand-knitted ones that my grandma used to make me um, when I was a young girl. And I just thought to myself, gosh, when's the last time, you know, well, I picked up knitting needles. I'd love to get back into knitting um, jumpers and scarves again. I used to do all that stuff when I had lots of time on my hands. And maybe that's something the NHS might want to prescribe as well. Um, would love to find out from you guys. Uh, when's the last time you've knitted something or received something knitted? Um, and um, has knitting just faded away, faded out? Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I love things that are handmade and, and hand-worn. And um, hand-worn? Gosh, babbling on a little bit. But um, handwritten letters are something that I absolutely love as well. And I had the absolute pleasure on Thursday receiving a handwritten note and a lovely book, um, 99 Names of the Beloved, which is such a beautiful book on verses, um, Quranic verses um, and poetry. Beautiful, beautiful gift. And it came with a lovely little handwritten note and it really, really made my day. When's the last time you wrote a handwritten note, people, to somebody um, that mattered? Um, yeah, it's. I'd love to find out because those tiny little gestures really, really make my day. And I wonder if they make your day as well. Now, somebody who th- who is definitely making his mark um, 
in the world of giving is a tremendous young man all the way from Nottingham, mashallah, who's joining me on the show very, very shortly over the phone. Um, and he's kind of kind of going to suit this part of my show very, very well because I've actually received a lovely calendar called Action Calendar Friendly February. And this calendar is basically quite significant because it talks about what actions you can do each day to kind of really reach out and be kind. Um, today is the fourth, and on the fourth it says, do something supportive and friendly for your colleagues. Well, I think Brother Tarek, who is our manager in the studio, has been very friendly and supportive and helped me set up my show today so thank you for that so you've definitely ticked that um, box and tomorrow it says notice the good qualities of everyone you meet today wow that's a really really nice um, thing to do on um, on the fifth so noticing the good qualities of everyone you meet today so it's meeting tomorrow but you can do that today as well and just simple as that to make your February significant now um one key thing on this show is making sure that we raise awareness of the goodness, the greatness that happens um, across the country not, and also locally as well. And that is actually reaching out to our, our communities and those that are vulnerable as well. And one thing that is, has been quite significant is the number of homeless people who've been impacted by the weather um, and the number of homeless impacted um, just just greatly across the country as well um, and somebody that's actually really trying to reach out and make sure that we're kind of engaging with the wider community and those that are, are less fortunate is my next guest Zidane Qureshi who is the fundraising manager of a ch new charity called Salam Charity and I'm absolutely delighted to have him on the show this morning. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? I'm very, very well. I'm very well. And you sound very well this morning. So I'm assuming Thank there's you. no snow in Nottingham. You know what? It's completely misted. Um, it's getting warmer. It's been nice and sunny and bright for the last two days. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so... A lot of reasons to be happy about. Marshall. But to be honest, honestly, snow is quite nice anyway. Regardless. It is, it is. And it's, you know what, it's National Sweater Day. Uh, are you into sweaters, jumpers, polonecks, or are you one um, of these people that I, just, can, just wears coats? In, I love coats, ended. but I have a lot of hoodies, mm -hmm. definitely. I'm wearing a hoodie right now, uh -huh. um, so I just like to kind of drive myself in it. But when you were talking about like knitting and stuff like that, so many things came to mind. Um, as in, like, when people had actually knitted stuff for... I've never knitted. I would not know how to. But, I mean, just with, like, campaign-wise, I think your mind automatically goes into sort of how we could do a campaign around this. I, um, I love that. I love the way you're thinking. And that's just absolutely wonderful. Because true, this is what you're about, aren't you, Zidane? You're really, really into this. You're kind of very innovative with your ideas. You're always, like, looking at different ways of kind of engaging people with charity. And this is what we're talking about because you're doing this drive of getting lots of volunteers involved with charity work. Um, yeah. Why is it important? And how are we going to get knitting involved? Okay, so... Honestly, with regards to um, getting people involved in volunteers, are, they are so, there's so much I can say about it. Firstly, there's millions of good people in the world that wanting to try, are wanting to help those that are probably less fortunate or going through some hardship, suffering uh, with, with one, uh, for one reason or another. And there's, there's lots of people that are wanting to help, but just probably 
don't know how to or what opportunities are out there mm-hmm. um, with how they can actually get involved and start supporting and doing something good to try and give back to the, to the world and, and the community that they're in or people that they're probably never going to meet again you know, across the other side of the globe. But I just want to do something good. It's good karma, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having this sort of volunteer recruitment drive allows people to realize that actually, you know, invites them to a meeting. We have really creative brainstorming sessions. So there's not me standing there talking about this is what we want you to do. No, it's, okay, why have you guys attended? What do you guys uh, want to do? How do you want to help? Um, what is it that you do? What skills do you have? What talents do you have? What hobbies do you have? Interests? Kind of getting to know the volunteers mm-hmm. themselves or the people that have attended the meetings and then shaping around that um, some sort of creative concept, events, challenges um, that are to do with raising funds for a campaign or a cause mm-hmm. or raising awareness for one. Um, and it's, honestly, it's just a meeting of minds. That's why it is this recruitment drive. We've, we've started on Saturday in Nottingham mm-hmm. um, and then we went to Derby, then Milton Keynes and Peterborough yesterday. Today we're in Sheffield. Um, and it's just so you're in Sheffield today. People. Now we are reaching out mm-hmm. to the wonderful people on Link FM in Sheffield this morning. So ah. if you're in Sheffield, whereabouts in Sheffield? Um, so we'll be in. Uh, it's, a, it's in the uh, upper floor of a restaurant called Imran's. Mm-hmm. They've been kind enough to give us a space to uh, use and brainstorm. It's very. It's a nice chilled out environment <clears throat> on London Road. I think they've got three branches, but this one's on London Road um, at 6 p.m. Wonderful. And it's quite, it's quite a nice, we've got about seven, eight, no, well, actually, no, looking at this, we've got 11 people attending that meeting now. Fantastic. Which is quite nice. So how, how um, are people connecting with you? And, and where, and because you're going across the country, so do you have a website? And, and how has the response yeah. been so far? Um, yeah, so we, we connect with us through social media. Uh, it's Salam Charity UK, mm-hmm. um, mostly. And it's a, it's a quite a new charity. This has been established since 2011, mm-hmm. but they didn't really have the infrastructure and the team in place to kind of maybe take it as um, as far as they wanted it to go. And this year, it's been myself who's joined and another colleague, head of operations. And I think we've just got a good team in place now. And because of our experience, we're able to kind of run with it. But what we like about the charity is the fact that we're choking it to the people. We want it to be the people's charity. So Mm -hmm. we want them to come forward with what causes do they want to support? What countries do they want to support? Do you want to go out and visit some of the work that we're doing in in field offices? We're already sending two volunteers out, one to Bangladesh and one to Indonesia Mm -hmm. by March this year, inshallah. Because, again, we think it's important for the grassroots level audience to go out and see the work, not just be here and raise Mm -hmm. funds, and awareness, but actually vet us as a charity as well. Because vetting um, is extremely important. There has been, you know, charities do great work, but there's been a lot of, I mean, if I'm allowed to say that, a little bit of controversy as well. Like, where does all the charity, yeah, skeptical. The, like, the admin costs go, so forth. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good, you know, it's, it's a good thing where people are waking up to it because, again, people need to ask us questions. So these volunteer recruitment drives mm-hmm. always encourage the Attend, people that attend, mm-hmm. firstly, I'd be surprised, actually. Many times I ask them, you know, what do you know about the organization? Do you know the donation policy? Do you know mm-hmm. where we operate, how we mm-hmm. operate? Many of them won't know. And at that point, you know, I will make sure that they understand what it is and what right. they're getting themselves involved in. Mm-hmm. And encourage them to continue asking questions because if the public stop asking us questions and holding us accountable, then it's just more room for errors, more rooms for... Interesting. Um, mm. Yeah. I think it's important that we need to keep everybody on their toes, even, you know, 
And, and I love the fact that you've said that, even though you are in the heart of this charity, but you want your volunteers, you want people to kind of hold your account um, and keep you in check. And I think that's really applaudable. Now, you've talked about international projects. What about the local projects? Because there's a lot of work that needs it's to be so done cool. within our own communities. So how, what yeah. sort of ideas are people coming up with? Again, so like somebody just lit, uh, had a meeting on, on a Saturday with one of the volunteers came up and they are, and this is quite innovative, I like this. So there's, there are loads of food banks, we know that. There's, mm-hmm. there's plenty of them. I've worked with like the likes of Trust of Trust and stuff like that. There's so you're thinking what else could we do? And this one volunteer suggested that he is a business owner. So he has a, he has a driving school. He's going to give free driving lessons to Syrian uh, refugees, uh, those that have migrated here, wow. just to try and open up more doors for them. Because um, again, if they can then drive then they can go further afield to that's fantastic um but then what he what was better was he said he's actually going to or he's wanting to hire a couple of barbershop chairs get them to train up on those that probably can't afford to pay for haircuts to so those that are living like on the uh, you know homeless or uh-huh. strapped for cash and going through hardship um, so they've got a free haircut, but these guys have also got a free chair where they can train for mm-hmm. innovative uh, in um, vocational training. But then once they've then trained and learned after two, three months, he's then looking to buy, convert a, a truck into a mobile barbershop with a sink in it and so on. So then they can drive around to university campuses and colleges and just literally give people haircuts and actually earn a decent living income from it. So have like a mobile haircut truck. What a um, super cool idea. And, and we have, mm. yeah, and we've accepted it, Alhamdulillah. So now we're actually working um, with this person to actually make sure that we bring this to life. Fantastic. And how have you accepted this idea? Did they have to trial your hair first? No, not my hair. <laughs> Actually, um, we did. Uh, well, we're going to find. So right now, it's just about um, the logistics of it uh-huh. and understanding what the costs are involved, right. what are the logistics, how we're going to get about doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the volunteer is kind of gone, kind of done quite a lot in the sense of um, written up the proposal. We're just going to meet them next week, ensure that we. Um, understand how we're going to raise the funds to cover this and mm-hmm. then also how it's going to be spent and what the benefits are going to be to the community and, and those that need the help and support and how we're going to measure that as well. So, um, so, so all the background work. Wow. So I'm assuming your your experience, which is quite a number of years, mashallah, because I've known your work for a number of years, um, you have that infrastructure in place that you can just say, yes, this can happen, no, that can't happen, yeah. or we can connect with you with the right people yeah, to make exactly. this happen. Is this what it is? Is yeah. it like a training school uh, that's that's kind of like yeah that's true actually that's that's kind of like what it's going to be um so those that just have the interest in barbering come forward um we've got a certain vetting process that they'll have this the, mm-hmm. these delivery partners um and then this one you know join us and let's let's just get you the training that you want um and whether they go ahead and, and actually then go ahead and use it, their choice to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at least we're giving people just providing them opportunities, getting them off the street. Um, you know, I've I've uh, lived in Nottingham. I know five Syrian young lads uh, that I met three years ago that were, that came here at the age of 16. Mm-hmm. The, the stories were traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Calais and how they lived and where they lived and the par- how they lost their parents and, and everything else. Um, but I also saw how the system failed them, or was looking at, yeah, how the system was failing them, and how they were literally just on the streets, maybe selling drugs to earn a little bit of income, X, Y, Z. It was really easy. Um, and if they didn't probably have the support network of maybe my family that stepped in, 
it would, they could have quite easily just gone to something and onto a different path. Um, so I think this is where we have a role and responsibility as well. We can't just believe that the system is going to take care of people. We need to take a step forward. And to be honest, we are the privileged ones who are able and in a position to help other people. It is actually a privilege because in, in, in because we are actually helping ourselves in the long run, um, spiritually um, and, and in this world as well. You know, we spoke, we touched on karma, and the more you give out, the, the, the more you get back in return, and it's always going to be good. Zidane, how many years have you been in the charity sector? Um, eight, nine years now. So what's made you stay within this sector, considering honestly, you have oh. such a creative background, but you cho- changed direction and you ended up in the charity sector? Because you can just be as creative okay. within this sector. As in, like, so I've been the before before this year. I was the national events and volunteer manager. Mm-hmm. Now I'm head of fundraising. But what you what you're allowed to do is just think of innovative ways. What you touched on, creative ways mm-hmm. of raising awareness and raising funds of uh, for causes that we want to support. Mm-hmm. And that is all about being create organizing flash mobs. We're talking about open mic events, like so many different events all around the country. We've got campaign challenges where we're climbing mountains and running marathons. Um, you know, there's so many different types of events that we've got national mm-hmm. MMA tournaments, like loads of different things. We've even in Ramadan we've got uh, campaigns where we're wanting to understand how we can maybe get the wider community involved in uh, fasting with us mm-hmm. uh, for a week maybe, like a challenge set like a challenge type thing and, and just see how we could be more inclusive. Um, but yeah, you can still be just as creative and and innovative because it is all about really just meeting like-minded people who are from all sorts of backgrounds mm-hmm. you meet a 13 year old volunteer to a 50 year old volunteer you can meet professional doctors to somebody who's a student um, and it's just people who want to give and yeah. you mentioned that 13 is year olds um is this a great yeah. uh, opportunity uh, for young people to gain work experience yeah. as well because there Definitely. is um you know you can't get a job until you've had work experience and or um, some form of experience and it is quite competitive out there so what would you yeah. say to I any mean, young person who wants to get work experience it it's there are so many different options in so many different roles that you can adapt. So if you want to get involved in marketing and communications, the digital marketing is a huge platform right now. You mm-hmm. can do be more than welcome. We've got volunteers, a team of volunteers who are four of them. They're all kind of planning and shaping our digital marketing side of things. They're writing newsletters. They are looking at blog posts and all that kind of stuff. We've got podcasts that we're looking at creating. We've got volunteers that are wanting to make magazines and actually distribute those. These are all ideas that people are coming forward with. And it's up to us then to collect them all and then realize them as well with the support of those same volunteers giving them the ownership and responsibility if it's not marketing then maybe you want to get involved in admin and administration side or maybe get involved in some of the challenges and events Um, or maybe even try and go over overseas you know the field visits but they are the opportunities are really really vast and i don't think people realize uh, how many doors open up just by volunteering because you will also then just your your network will really 
um, will broaden as well quite a lot. And, sure. it, and it is about broadening those networks because I have yeah. what I've watched and observed is how a lot of young people on social media, where they started off their journey with volunteering and where they've headed since then, five years down the line, mashallah, in some tremendous roles just because they yeah. started off volunteering. Know. Folks, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Urban Q with Misha Miser. And we are talking National Volunteer Recruitment Drive with no other than Zidane Qureshi, who is the head of fundraising for Salam Charity. He's talking to us about how you can get involved to shape fundraising ideas and campaign concepts, understanding the charity's vision and objectives, and joining him across 23 cities across the UK to get involved on this drive, this charity volunteering drive. 23 cities, goodness me. Um, That sounds like a real tour. What number are we at now? How many cities have Uh, you been to? Only one, two, three, four. So done four, and today we're number five. Number five. Yeah. So number tell five. me, when are you heading to Luton? So Luton, Luton's quite good, really good, you know. I'm quite excited to come to Luton because we've got so a lot of responses. Yeah, we've got a lot of responses. People on Instagram messages and on our emails. It's quite nice. Um, we've, we're coming on the 19th of February. Cool. Inshallah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, is that a Friday? I've got a feeling that's a Friday. I'm not too sure. But it's, a, yeah, it's 19th of February um, and it's at 6 p.m. Um, and yes, yeah, same thing. So we've just been discussing. We've already got about six people that have said that they are looking at uh, attending. We haven't really pushed it out properly yet. We're okay. probably going to push it out more this week. As I guess this is what uh, we're on the radio for as well. But it's always nice. Like I've always said, we only really need or want two, three people to turn up per city. If more turn up, this one, that's even more amazing. And so would they but take the lead in that city then? Because if you're going across, you know, are you having little like um, little pockets of people across each city um, yeah, taking the lead right. of the project? That's right. Okay, yeah, fantastic. And then really it's up to them how what they want to do, how they want to shape it, how they want to get involved. And then we kind of just hopefully kind of coach them and mentor them as well fantastic right so folks if you've just tuned in Luton Tuesday 19th of February Salam Charity are coming to the town for a national recruitment drive getting you guys to volunteer um, and to share your ideas and visions in making a difference to our local community be that locally or nationally I hope it will be something local because you know um, I think charity always starts from home and home is Luton right now so how can people connect with you if they've heard the message, um, Zidane, how are people connecting with you guys? So um, most of the people are connecting with us via, via Instagram, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of response on there. I mean, our, so give us the handle. Uh, handle is Salam, spot with one A, uh, one A, sorry, mm-hmm. S-A-L-A-M, Charity UK. Uh, so Salam Charity UK. Or you can just email us at volunteer at salamcharity.org. Now, if you're somebody that wants to get some voluntary experience but don't know where to look or where to start, and this sounds like something that's down your street, then definitely do get in contact with Salam Charity. Now, they're coming to Luton Tuesday, 19th of February at 6pm. Do we know where the location is? Uh, The location is, uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember but if they get if they come onto instagram they can kind of follow the story (laughs) there yeah the posters are on there yeah the posters are on there the uh, links are all on there how to get in contact with us on it's on there as well awesome Um, yeah 
Brilliant. It sounds super, super exciting, Zidane. Thank you so very much thank this you. morning. I hope you're wearing your sweater. Um, oh, before you go, we talked about sweaters because it's National Sweater Day. Knitting. How's knitting going to get involved? Because you did say you like the sound of that. Yeah, I think, you know what? I, scarves is coming to my head. Knitting scarves. Something to do with scarves. I know it's National Sweater Day, but can we just we, we, we do something, something to do with knitting. Go for so we it, go for it. We'll just do the scarves thing. Because my friend knitted a scarf for me, and he used to work for another charity as well, actually, and his mum knitted it for me. I've still got that, and you're right. It's cool. something so nice about somebody hand-making something for you and giving it. Um, um, and what yeah. about handwritten notes? When's the last time you sent somebody a handwritten note or somebody sent you one? Oh, okay. So my friend used to give me loads in college. So that's been about 15 years now. Gosh, that's a long, um, that's like ancient times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You need to so send them like... a note so they can send you one back. Do you know what? It's been absolutely tremendous having you this morning, Zandan. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank it sounds you super, so super much. exciting. Really, really Thank creative so and innovative. I love the fact that you're using um, different ways of getting people engaged. We are heading off to a break, but I uh, want to say have a wonderful day and stay warm, wrapped up. Bye now. Take care. Assalamualaikum. That was Zidane Qureshi, the head of fundraising from Salam Charity, who are actually doing a recruitment drive, getting you guys involved to volunteer and share your ideas and making a difference in your local community. They're coming to Luton 19th of February, 6pm. We don't know where the venue is, but you need to follow them on Instagram and find out where they're heading. And hopefully it'll be something that you can get involved with. I am heading to a break. After the break, inshallah, I'll be joined by another tremendous guest talking about honesty and tea. Take care. See you straight off. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. The following program is a repeat. Please do not message or call in. Any announcements made on the program may now not be applicable. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. 11 o'clock and it's Monday 4th of February and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking all the way up to 12 o'clock on the Urban Cube, brought to you on Inspire FM. It's been a fantastic show so far with some really, really fabulous guests. And we've been talking about art for social action and volunteering a recruitment drive with uh, the very fabulous Zidane Qureshi, who was just on the show just before the break, sharing with me his project which is going across 23 cities to get people involved and engaged with their local communities um, and looking at ways and creative innovative ways to fundraise as well so um, there is a opportunity to uh, where he'll be joining yourselves hopefully on the 19th of February at 6 p.m inshallah um, in Luton he's going to get back to me on exactly where the location is and once I find that out I will share that with you um, and uh, on today's show we have been having some very interesting conversations um, earlier on in the show I was talking about art for social action with Farah Subhan Farah Subhan is a visual artist who uses um, pop art to reflect her view of the world with very vibrant bold colours and very innovative points messages. She is part of um, an exhibition called 22 Seconds to Murder. This is an exhibition where a piece of her work will be showcased to raise awareness on the issue of knife crime. This is happening at the uh, venue which is Luton Sixth Form College and it's on the 18th of February, time 
12 o'clock to 6. It's a free event open to all. Um, and it's uh, an event that will have performances and discussions and an art exhibition organised by Halima Ali. If you want to find out further information, please email contact at halimaali.com. Contact at halimaali.com. And I will be speaking to Halima about this very, very important exhibition um, and the reason why she feels it's necessary for us to have this discussion and why she's using creativity to raise awareness of this, unfortunately, epidemic that is really impacting our community, the heart of our communities and the number of young people who've lost innocent lives because of knife crime. So I'll be speaking to her about this, um, inshallah, very, very shortly. But I've had the pleasure of speaking to Farah Subhan. Please do, if you want to hear more about it, hear her interview. It will be repeated at 8 p.m. this evening and also on Facebook Live. We are also Spotify and iTunes as well. And we have Podbean too. So there's no way you can get away from the conversations on the Urban Cube show. Now, um, also this morning, I'm going to be joined by another absolutely fabulous guest. Now, you might have heard her, her, her on one of the adverts earlier on um, this uh, morning. Um, I'm going to be speaking to no other than Asaba Chowdhury. Now, she's actually on her way uh, to university, as you do. She's a student uh, who is also uh, studying broadcast journalism, mashallah, an MA in it. So I'm going to be talking to her a little bit about her views of the world. Um, plus, I'm also be joining, joining very, very shortly... Another, another awesome, awesome, awesome guest. It is no other than the very, very fabulous Layinka Sani. Now, she is the co-presenter of a really interesting uh, show called Honest Tea Talk. Can't get better than that, can you? Tea and a little bit of honesty. Um, do you like the way I said that? Okay, uh, she'll be joining me uh, at... A after 11.30, inshallah, to talk to me about what Honest Tea Talk is all about and also her passion for writing, empowering minds to create real, long-lasting, positive changes in their lives. And I'm also going to be finding out a little bit more about a very interesting uh, podcast that she's done called Friday Feelers. Well, it's all happening on the show. You are listening to The Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, taking you all the way to 12 o'clock this morning. Now, um, we are also um, asking you guys, when's the last time you uh, received a handwritten note? When's, when's the last time you received a handwritten note or you sent somebody a handwritten note? I mean, I, I had the most awesome, awesome experience of receiving a lovely gift. It was a book, The 99 Names of the Beloved. Um, so also with that came a little card and the little card was handwritten in the scrawniest writing, but it didn't matter. The fact that somebody sent me a handwritten card and it just made me feel so good. It was such a beautiful gift. So um, Saima Daya, thank you so very much, my dear, dear sister for doing that and lifting my spirits. Um, now, I know somebody else that does a lot, of, a lot of handwriting, I'm sure, in her notes on the way to university is no other than the very fabulous Sabah Chowdhury. Now, hey, hey Salaam Sabah. Now, uh, now 
Well, guys, you would have heard her in the break at 10.30 because her little advert, her soundbite played. And I was going, whoop, whoop. Um, Saba Chowdhury <laughs> is a lady behind a number of tremendous programming. She's a producer. She's a presenter. She's a writer. She's a quirky soul. And she's also a student. How does she manage it all? Saba, how are you this morning? I'm well, thank you, Handela. How are you doing, Shemiza? I'm very, very well. I'm very well, my darling. Now, you're on the way to university. You are a broadcast journalist based in London, for those of you that didn't know. She's studying, um, she studied a BA in anthropology at SOAS, one of the coolest places to study that. Um, And she's currently doing an MA at City, at the City in broadcast journalism. Now, Sabah has worked as a producer presenter on two women's show for British Muslim channels. And you will know her because she came on my show to plug women like us who are leading (laughs) and changing the narrative. Hello, my lovely. Hello, hello. Long time, Shemiza. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been wonderful following your journey since, Marshall. It's been a year Aww. since the episodes aired and you're back on with another fantastic series. And, Marshall, yeah. now the mainstream media has picked up on women like us because you have been remarkable in leading and changing that narrative. How has the journey been so far for you, Subba? Oh, it's been, honestly, a whirlwind. I can't believe it's been one year since the first episode of Women Like Us aired on television and we were in Luton with you on your show talking about it. Um, We're now currently on season three of Mm -hmm. Women Like Us. We've got bigger guests. We're talking about more heated discussions and it's more kind of alive than ever before. And it's just a really exciting time to be a British Muslim woman, I think. And it sure is, Mashallah. And those topics, unfortunately, are still being discussed um, like 10 years, 20 years on. (laughs) Um, How does it make you feel? Because, you know, you're a 20-something. You're a millennial. Is that what they're called? Millennials. Um, Millennials, You know, and you're... Yeah, and you're kind of like still having to continue with these discussions are we seeing any headway with them or well i mean the optimistic side of me would like to say yes mm-hmm. but then again i am like you said only i'm 20 turning 24 soon and i've had conversations with women that are double my age yes that have said to me several women having these same conversations for the past 10 15 20 years and not much has changed the fact that you yourself are having um uh, debating certain issues um and trying to raise awareness shows uh, how slow of a trudge uh it is and it will continue to be which kind of really dampens my um, spirit a little bit when I hear that but I think do you know what like you have to keep going because we and when we stop having these conversations someone else will start owning them mm. and then that's when the narrative will not be in your favor we need to be the ones leading and writing our own histories because again if we don't someone else will and then Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Definitely doesn't. And um, But you've got time for it, my darling. And you are actually doing an MA now um, in the city on broadcast journalism. And what made yes. you want to do that? Now, considering your background, Marshall, you're very articulate. You know, you're, you're very, a smart cookie. Um, you've studied a B in anthropology at SOAS. So it's one of the leading places to actually study something like anthropology. And you've had experience in producing and presenting. Why did you need to go on to do a broadcast journalism? Don't you have enough skills and talents to to kind of like skip that bit? Well, I don't know about that, but the main reason I wanted to do this MA was because I wanted to have make that shift from kind of entertainment and lifestyle programming uh, okay. to news. And I thought, right, to really be considered seriously 
um, in mainstream spaces, I need to have uh, a rounded skill set, mm -hmm. you know, because my background was, like you said, producing and presenting, but I wanted to make myself as competitive as possible. I thought, right, if I'm going to enter this space and really be seriously committed towards uh, changing discourse, I need to be, I need to seriously up my game. I thought, I need to learn wow. how to edit, I need to learn how to film, I need to learn how to do all these different things, and it's only through maybe perhaps, because, I mean, you can learn these things on the job, right, but it's not yeah. guaranteed of course. that you will get that opportunity. So I thought, you know what? Take one year out from work and just hone in those skills as much as you can and then go in to the job market fresh and with all those skills ready and, you know, rearing to go. So wow. um, that's why I chose to do the MA. And, you know, what's interesting is because when you did enter the, the Muslim media space, you didn't have those broadcast journalist skills, but you kind of polished right. in and honed in, I think, which was a natural talent. So now you've, you're into so sort of like, you know, the first term or so on this MA. What have you been able to learn on this course and how has it kind of made you view your skill as a journalist? Well, um, I mean, the the course is really great in the sense of um, it teaches you the it teaches you how to be um, a rounded broadcaster. So uh, it primarily geared towards online radio and television. Now, media is working towards those three. Um, areas, it's kind of like a triangle. Like, you, if you make a TV package, it's likely that they will convert it into something for radio and for something for online, whether that's social media or, you know, anything else on an online article. So I thought, okay, by doing this course, I will have the skills to be able to do all of those things. And it's from having um, those practical skills and really um, engaging in them during this course I've been able to now demonstrate them in uh, kind of big mainstream newsrooms where mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to, to work. Um, so, yeah, of course. Now, the course, um, does it deal with diversity? Because we have had some of the most extraordinary journalists out there who've been trained in some of the best spaces, but yet feel that they are not getting their equal footing. Um, do you feel that, you know, it's your time to kind of break that barrier? Well... Do you know what, Shemaiza, it even within my course in particular, there, I remember the first day when I started, I walked in to the, the main hall and it was just a sea of white faces. And with media um, in particular, with mainstream, on the screens, they tend to have, you know, the brown and black faces, mm -hmm. the hijabi women, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but behind the camera, inside the newsroom, it's a completely different story. It, wow. That people tend to come from kind of white, privileged, middle-class mm -hmm. backgrounds, and the majority of these people are also men. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember I did some work experience at the BBC um, over December and got the chance to sit in on some senior meetings. Um, Kamal Ahmed and I, he's one of their editorial directors, we were the only... Uh, people of colour in that meeting Still, um, and this was gosh. the senior leadership um, and I feel like when you have people from very similar backgrounds in positions of authority and decision making the, the same sort of programming will continue of course. and we need to really diversify mm -hmm. um, our thoughts our opinions and how we make how we produce broadcast and it worries me that even now to this day with courses like you know at City and Cardiff and whatever the majority of the people come from the same background and the reason wow. why that is is because not a lot of people can afford to send their children mm -hmm. to do MAs to do an MA is a luxury mm -hmm. um, and I've been very fortunate I'm an Aziz Foundation um, scholar you know I received a scholarship from them so I was able to make that journey but I know a lot of people a lot of friends that wouldn't have had that chance wow. um, you know, it, just because of the costly implications, and the same goes for me. Um, so, I don't know, inshallah, you know, we're, we're working towards it, long, slow trudge, but 
um, you know, it all depends on your intentions. And mine is to diversify mainstream media voices. Inshallah. And, you know, you've had such a tremendous journey. And I've been following your little footsteps, even your little Instagram (laughs) posts, which is so funny. And stay safe in the snow, young lady. Stay safe. That was quite funny to watch. But, you know, going off tangent. Now, coming back to the scholarship, you did mention something quite very, very important, very relevant about the costing. Now, it's an Aziz Foundation scholarship. Tell us a little bit more about this. And it's absolutely wonderful that a foundation is actually encouraging Muslims to come forward and kind of, you know, um, get on these fantastic courses. Yeah. Well, the Aziz Foundation is a fantastic charity. They provide a, a multiple number of scholarships for British Muslims that really want to change the game uh, in whatever field it is that they wish to mm. enter. I know now they've um, welcomed something like 50 scholarships for their um, for potential British Muslims who want to study, whether it's a master's or a PhD or whatever, um, and there is an application process for that. Um, but they're so helpful in terms of not only, you know, if you get the scholarship, um, giving you access to these spaces, but also beyond that, once you've got that, mm-hmm. as a scholar, they will introduce you to, like, if for, I can only really talk about media perspective because that's what I do, but they've introduced me to so many mainstream um, newsrooms. They've um, invited me to talk at um, national conferences. Um, and it, it, the opportunities are endless. So I'm so, so grateful to them um, for giving me these opportunities because, you know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am right now in terms of um, where I'm working and um, the skills and the people that I've met. So, you know, I owe a lot to that organisation. Mashallah. But then you are giving a lot back as well um, and you have been entertaining us very, very well on two Muslim channels, mashallah, um, and really made your mark there. Once you've graduated from this um, MA in broadcast journalism, will you be going back to Muslim media? Well, I... I, I did the MA because I want to go into news, mm-hmm. um, and I don't really know any Muslim media channels that do do news. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel like with the mainstream spaces, we, or with like media in general, actually, I don't ever, I don't want to be that pigeonholed okay. Muslim mm-hmm. um, journalist. I want to demonstrate that I can talk about a variety of issues that aren't just Muslim or Islam specific, if that makes sense. Because you know, I, my interests span across, you know, fashion, politics. Uh, human rights and when you kind of position yourself in a box you then kind of limit your Mm -hmm. scope and as a journalist I want to be able to do everything you know I want to do things that make me feel uncomfortable and nervous I want to present on sports programs I want to you know do war reporting I want to work on documentaries and investigations and loads of different things Um, and that's what excites me about journalism the fact that it's Mm -hmm. so different so broad it's fast it changes Mm -hmm. every single day um, and news offers that but, you know, I hear where you're coming from and I love this spark and energy. And inshallah, when I speak to you again in 10 years time in my little like, you know, care home and observing you <laughs> on the news, <laughs> drinking from a straw, um, a recyclable one. Um, yeah, and cool. um, will you have that spark and energy? Because I do see uh, I'm not being pessimistic, but I'm being a little bit real when we have these really innovative exciting voices and then they get into a system and they're slightly mm. controlled by an agenda and then there's yeah. and it sucks the life out of them how are you going to mm. ensure Saba that doesn't happen to you oh, well you know um lots of so I, I, I have um one or two uh, Muslim mentors that are really helping me um in terms of gaining access to uh, media mainstream spaces and the one thing that both of them have said to me 
uh, that they have in common is don't lose that spark yes. that you have. And I think it's because they know, as you said, it can get lost when you mm. enter a system that you that expects you to conform to a certain value mm. system, a certain way of behaving, that can dissolve. And they were saying that as humans, our unique selling points are our personalities. Mm-hmm. And once you lose that, you lose a massive part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest, Shamiza, I really don't know because I'm still on that journey. But I, I can only really try my hardest and kind of cling on to, to myself, you know, as it were, and just hope for the best. Inshallah, inshallah. And, you know, we are, I'm sure our listeners who are listening in this morning, if you've just tuned in... Um, it's 11.18, Monday, 4th of February, and uh, you are listening to myself on the Urban Cube with the very fabulous Sabah Chowdhury. Sabah is a broadcast journalist, and she's based in London, and uh, she is doing a MA in the city and broadcast journalism, mashallah, and she's actually en route to her course. Um, she's such a good student, but she's given me t- a few moments of her time to kind so that we can catch up with this wonderful journey that she's had in the media. She's actually on the third series of Women Like Us, which is an extraordinary program which she has produced and she's presented with remarkable women who are leading and changing the narrative of female voices in Muslim media. But media in general as well because those women that you have on that panel are extraordinary would you agree oh yeah they're all fabulous um they come from such different diverse backgrounds um not only in terms of ethnicity but also uh what they do for a living so we've had you know directors we've had producers we've had makeup artists we've had um, spoken word artists uh we've had ceos of magazines we've had uh, national activists you know the, the the scope is really really wide ranging and the kind of benefit of that is people bring their diverse experiences mm. to the table which means that there's always a, a beautiful array of opinions that are um, are being explored and debated on the show. So, and the list um, of women yeah. is is endless, isn't it? It's just like it just doesn't oh, yeah. stop. My goodness! And the thing <laughs> is, we we see that you see that because it's the what this is the world that we're in, and we we are you know we relish it um, mm. because it keeps the output continuous. But when we step out, and then when people talk about and when people say to you, "Where are the women? Well, where are your Muslim women mm. um, who have voices? How does it make you feel, Sabah?" Well, it makes me feel like, you know what, we, there are so many of us, so many of us that have interesting things to say, but we're not always given the opportunity to say them, which is why spaces like Women Like Us are so great, mm. because it's a safe environment for us to voice whatever it is that we want. And it's, it's a chance for us to really showcase the diversity and the talent that exists within the Muslim community, which is the great thing about Muslim media in particular. You know, it, it's Muslim media that has given me that leg up in terms of my experience and in my journey of media. Like, we obviously worked together, Shamiza, and um, earlier, like two years ago, and on the Islam channel. And that experience has really, really helped me in terms of what I do now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I owe it so much to Muslim media and I hope that we will continue to use these spaces to give um, Muslim women the opportunity to, to highlight their work. Alhamdulillah and inshallah and that kind of brings me on to Inspire FM. Guys, if you're interested in hosting your own show, we're always looking for new ideas, new innovative um, voices to come on and broadcast from here because it does start from places like this to get a feel for what your passion is and whether this is an area that you kind of want to grow and nurture. So I think Muslim media is a wonderful platform as a starting platform, really, and which, yeah. you know, yeah. both of us both of us have had the experience. And I'm so pleased to see that, you know, what 
you're kind of branching out and gaining those skills, which, you know, Aziz Foundation, a charity, has enabled you to get that scholarship, which I really do need to kind of highlight for anybody else that's really wanting to kind of like broaden their academic interests in creativity and journalism and, and mm-hmm. academia, PhD, so forth, then the Aziz Foundation is something to kind of tap into because the wonderful suburb has made sure that's happened and it's it's really working for you. Mashallah. Yeah. Now, um, Sabah, I know you're in a rush, but um, when are you going to have your break? Do you think, are you going to have lunch today? Are you on the run? Or, you know, the reason why I'm asking is because mm-hmm. this might be of interest to you. Um, at lunchtime, you might want to maybe try a biryani wrap, maybe, which is um, biryani one... Wrap. A biryani wrap, my darling. It's um, actually causing a little bit of uh, controversy because it's been des- uh, described and accused of cultural appropriation because a leading uh, food store, a big branded um, company, is actually selling biryani wraps. I mean, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Is that something you could get your teeth into at break time? Break time? More like breaking hearts. Like, that's so devastating. (laughs) Biryani in a wrap? Absolutely not. It kind of reminds me, actually, of, um, I can't remember where this was. It was quite some years ago. I saw uh, biryani on a pizza advertised, <laughs> and they called it bur pizza and I thought what on earth is it this is an insult to my heritage um, I'm not going to lie I was slightly tempted to try it but I thought nope no. out of principle I am not going to do it this is not allowed it should not be a thing um, I would have to be really desperate and there would have to be no food around for me to have to try that wow so yeah would you try it do you know what I just can't understand the logic between like rice and and in a wrap I know you can get like um you know there it's a, it's a Mexican what's it called the Mexican wraps the burritos, the burritos yeah and I it, it took me a while to get used to having rice in that so Mm, intriguing. Rice can be eaten with yogurt yes. and not with bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally feeling that vibe. I'm getting the munchies <laughs> now. I'm totally getting the munchies. <laughs> and one more last question, because my darling, I saw you um, in the snow. How are you feeling? How's the vibe in London? Can you see snow around you or is it just speckles? Um, it's, at the moment, there's no snow. Thank the Lord, because <laughs> as you know, Shemiza, I am not a fan. Snow brings ice and ice brings accidents and uh, that's why you will not find me in the snow unless I really have to be outside um, so yeah specks of rain but no snow why, what's it like in Newton oh it's lovely it's glorious I mean we have lots of bright skies I mean it was bright yeah, skies when I came out, in it's, it's 8 degrees I mean we do have a little bit of um, rain drizzling here there and everywhere but I think the snow has disappeared it was beautiful when it was just so just like nice and flat but um yeah i yeah. had a bit of an adventure um with the snow but sweaters my darling when is i mean are you into have you have you ever owned a hand-knitted sweater uh, i have actually my grandma uh she is quite the knitter and over the years she's you know made us ponchos scarves jumpers so we do have stacked away homemade uh designs that she's like made for us but uh, at the moment we, we kind of wear brown branded items which you know kind of breaks her heart a little bit so thanks for the <laughs> reminder because i am gonna pop into my uh, wardrobe and look for my uh, 
Granny's good. Bless you. Keep yourself wrapped up warm, my darling, and have a wonderful day. Thank you so very much for joining us this morning. I know you're walking, you're making your way to university, but I'm sure you've inspired a lot of our listeners on the show this morning. And and keep your handwriting neat because it's also, that's another discussion we were having on the show this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Or the shorthand, journalistic shorthand. It's an art in itself. (laughs) Have a a wonderful day, Subba, and thank you for joining us. Thank you as well. Bye-bye. Take care. That was the wonderful Subba. Chowdhury giving us a bit of an update on her journalistic journey and it's just so tremendous following from where she began to where she is and that's somebody whose name you need to keep out for she's only 24 mashallah but she's had such an impact in um, the media so far I'm heading off to a break inshallah and I'm going to be joining another fantastic guest and we're talking honest tea talk straight off this assalamu alaikum are you an avid bookworm or maybe you love books but just struggle to find the time to read then you need to tune into the Book Club Show on Inspire FM with Sister Imrana, where we'll be discussing a fab selection of books with special studio guests. Join us every Tuesday morning from 10 till 11 to inspire imagination and rekindle your love for reading. Don't forget the Book Club Show every Tuesday morning, 10 till 11, on your very own Inspire 105.1 FM. a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. The following programme is a repeat. Please do not message or call in. Any announcements made on the programme may now not be applicable. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It's 11.30, so that means it's the final half an hour of the Urban Cube show. Today is the 4th of February and we're already in the month of February. Goodness me, where has the time gone? Now, um, earlier on... in the show, I've had the pleasure of speaking to the very fantastic Farah Suban, talking to us about Art for Social Action and a project that um, she is exhibiting at, um, which is 22 Seconds to Murder, which is an exhibition and performance poetry event, which is highlighting um, knife crime and um, ways in which I hope we as a community might be able to tackle this epidemic, which is really taking the lives, innocent lives of our young people in the community of Luton and beyond. So um, this event is happening at a venue. Um, the venue for this event is Luton Sixth Form College um, and it's called 22 Seconds to Murder. Um, it's a performance and discussion at venue Luton Sixth Form College 18th of February. Time is 12 till 6pm. It's a free event, open to all. And to get involved, please email contact at halimaali.com. Also had the pleasure of speaking to um, Zidane Kashrishi, talking about his national volunteer recruitment drive. Folks, 23 23 cities he's travelling across to make sure that we get um, innovative ideas on the table and we get people volunteering and making a difference across their community, across the whole of the country. So he'll be coming down to Luton on the 19th of February, inshallah, to um, make this possible. 
I'm still waiting for him to tell me what the venue is. Come on, Zidane, if you're listening, tell us what the venue is so I can share that information to our listeners. Sabah Chowdhury also joined us just before the break, and she is a journalist extraordinaire. The reason why I say that is because I have absolutely had great pleasure in following her career and for the last couple of years. She's a 24-year-old um, who is really making her mark in the world of pre- presenting broadcasting. Now, she is a lady behind the series called Women Like Us on um, British Muslim TV. It's going into the third series when remarkable women coming together, leading and changing the narrative, mashallah. Um, and she's also talked to me about and shared with us about this um, MA that she's doing, um, and which she's studying in the city. And it's on board broadcast journalism. And it's the Aziz Foundation. The charity Aziz Foundation has enabled her to Get, make her dreams become a reality. The Aziz Foundation, folks, Google them, find out what they're all about. If you're somebody that actually wants to go into further education, do a PhD, do an MA um, in journalism, creative arts, so forth, and they actually have funding for about 50 students, I understand, from what um, Saba was telling me. Um, do check them out, please. Um, they're a great charity supporting the, the the new generation of voices that need to be heard in the mass media. Mashallah. Okie doke. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who's tuning in to the, to the show this morning. We had a lovely message from a brother Adnan in Luton, from Luton, but he's actually working in Height Wickham and he's saying that he's listening into the show from his office and keep up the good work. Thank you. It always makes my day when we find out who is listening from where. So do tell us where you're listening in from this morning, folks. It's always a pleasure. Now, the topics of conversation here, as always, we're talking about art for social action, but we're also trying to get you to tell me when's the last time you actually wore a hand-knitted item of clothing? Because it's National Sweater Day, people. National Sweater Day. Um, So when's the last time you wore a hand-knitted item? Um, Maybe my next guest uh, will be able to share when the last time she wore something that's hand-knitted or she's maybe hand-knitted something for her lovely children. Um, I'm super delighted to have a wonderful, wonderful, um, remarkable woman joining us on the show this morning. And um, and she's getting honest with a bit of tea talk. Yes, they're the, they're the sort of conversations I love happen, having on the show the show. It is no other than the actual co-presenter of this new, new, exciting um, show, Honest Tea Talk, which I understand is actually the episode is launching this week and is no other than Layinka Sani. What a beautiful name. She is um, somebody who is working very, very hard to empower Muslim women and teens to use the power of their minds to create real, long-lasting positive change in their lives. She's also the former editor and writing coach. She's a lover of words and enjoys putting pen to paper to journal reflections and personal realizations she shares on her weekly Friday Feeler podcast. Wow. Um, it's no other than Layinka Sani this morning. Assalamu alaikum, sister. How are you? I'm very well. Even more better hearing your Stunning voice, mashallah, this morning. You're waking me up. How are you, my dear? I'm very well, alhamdulillah. Feeling a bit, or you know, when you've had an adrenaline rush and it's kind of like coming down from the highs because we just literally just launched Honest Tea Talk an hour ago. Ooh. And it's, and it's just been like, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tell us more. Honest Tea Talk. I'm super, super excited about this because I've been following this on social media and I just love the title. Um, and I love the fact that you're in this wonderful space, you know, three very, very strong, empowered sisters coming together and talking over tea. I mean, it can't get better than that, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, we do it. The thing is, we do it privately. Yes, and we of course. And do it in a more public way because you know when you have conversations with your girlfriends right and you're just like oh my god that's something that we need to be talking about yeah. as, as an ummah as a community uh-huh. um, but there are no mics there are no cameras there's no one to record it for you and put it out there so we decided let's just get the cameras let's get the table let's get the tea have these conversations and put them out there have real raw honest discussions uh, that are about Muslim women and also about the Ummah at large. Mm-hmm. And yes, there may be some unpopular uh, opinions, but that's all good because we're generating discussion. And that's the most important thing. And this is what we've been talking about across the whole show today, about generating mm-hmm. these discussions and leading the way. And mashallah, there seems to be a lot of sisters who are doing that and doing that really, mm-hmm. really well. We talked about Knife Crime, the project earlier on, and then we talked uh, with uh, Farah Subhan, and then mashallah spoke to um, journalists, uh, Sabah Chowdhury about women like us and these type of topics as well. So, sister, how did you come about coming together? Um, and when is this episode launching and how can we find out more? Well, we, we're all friends. So mm-hmm. all three of us, myself, um, Alia Qadri, who is the founder of Sisters Achieve and Solace UK, and um, Sameya Hassan, uh, founder of Recite and Reflect. We actually all know each other. So mm-hmm. we, And that was essential that we could have real and raw conversations with people that we felt comfortable talking to. So the three of us came together. Um, do you know what? It was actually based on um, Jada uh, Smith's table talk that she Ooh, does on Facebook. Yes, I've and seen so them. we were like, wait, wouldn't it be awesome to have a Muslim version? Mm. You know, and it was a case of, okay, let's see who's going to take, the, you know, take the ball and run with it. Uh-huh. And no one did. <laughs> <laughs> So Alia decided to kind of get the ball rolling and that's it. You know, it's been talking to Allah about it, putting it into action and here we are. So the, the episode actually launched this morning, the first episode <gasps> launched this morning. Um, so it's available on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Honesty Talk. And also it's available on YouTube for those people who aren't on Facebook. Now, how, um, how is the experience like, you know, when we're talking with our girlfriends, we're sitting around mm. and we're talking, we, can, we know nobody's watching us, but when the camera's on you, did you have to yeah. feel to yourself or did you feel conscious? How did you make that happen without losing uh, that bizarre <laughs> of the conversation? For me, personally, I'm really good at filtering people out and filtering sounds out and noise out and things oh. up. So I um, was... I didn't care about the cameras. They didn't make a difference to me. Um, I, yeah, I was my normal self with my theatrics. I'm very vocal with my hands. Um, (laughs) And and so I was doing all my hand gestures and stuff. So it was really, really easy. And that was kind of one thing that we all decided that we needed to be able to portray our real selves Mm. and stuff. Because if we're here trying to have real and raw, honest conversations, how are we then putting on a mask ourselves? And that's not I an easy thing to do, though, sister, though, is it? it? It's not easy to do. And I think this is probably where this uh, shake up in the community has happened, because sisters have always forever been Hidden told away. to be a certain way. Mm. You know, don't let people see your truth. Of, oh, my God, you're smiling, sister. <laughs> you know, and hashtag so we... smiling is sunnah. <laughs> right? Thank you. High five. High five. <laughs> 
You know why I love this woman, right, people? You can hear it. We can hear the smiles beaming out of the airwaves. But um, tell us, what are these conversations that are being had on on this show, Honest Tea Talk? Well, the first episode was about Muslim women keeping it real and the repercussions when we don't. Um, And episode two is about surviving depression. Okay. Um, episode three is about um, self-inflicted depression. Oh goodness! And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's a bit. That wow. one, I think, is going to be like, oh, what? Yeah. Um, so we've got a load of other things um, lined up in terms of intimacy, um, pornography. Gosh, you're uh, tackling domestic. that subject as well. Yeah, we're, we're going there. Like I said, real, mm-hmm. raw, honest discussions wow. that we don't want to have. Mm-hmm as an ummah that we do need to mm-hmm. um, domestic violence sisters losing themselves um so we've got a whole host of topics that you know we we've been sent over 150 topics to cover oh so you did a call so, out so there was a call out we yeah wow. yeah 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 mm-hmm. at the very beginning we were like okay guys what do you want us to talk about mm-hmm. and the, the the suggestions came flooding in Alhamdulillah, and we're all still open to suggestions. So if anyone knows of anything they want us to talk about, send them our way. And we'll so how best. do people get in contact with you? They can contact us by going to, uh, by emailing us at honestytalk mm-hmm. at gmail.com. They can also find us on Facebook, on YouTube, and contact us via those means too. Mm-hmm. Now, you're all practicing sisters, mashallah, who are very passionate about your faith and the faith, um, faith plays a, a tremendous part in your lives. So are there any Islamic reflections in Honest Tea Talk? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's for sure. I'm sure. Okay. But, but yeah, definitely. We do add. I mean, we're not out to preach to anyone. Mm-hmm. So it's not your traditional Islamic show mm-hmm. where we're not bringing... Uh, tr- traditional things like hadith and um, ayahs and Quran to present to sisters mm-hmm. because we're not out to present, we're out to discuss and to have conversations. Yes, we, we talk about Allah, we talk about the deen because at the end of the day, we are Muslims. So mm-hmm. Islam features in our discussions because that's our part, that's part of our identity. But we're not you know, giving talks or reminders or things like that. That's not the nature of the show. Wow, sounds super exciting. I'm seriously looking forward to catching the first episode that was launched this morning. Wow, congratulations on that. Um, Have you had any feedback? Has anybody got back to you and said they've, you know, their response to the the first show? Yeah, we have had great feedback so far um, because we've been kind of teasing people for a, about a week or two. Um, one sister was like, oh, I'm so glad it's finally here. And um, it was so well worth the wait. And just sharing their thoughts and based, of what, based on what we had said on the show, there have been lots of sisters talking about their own experiences of hiding themselves. Um, and, and that's really nice to know that sisters are, they feel like they've been... Um, recognized okay. like their pain and their struggles have been recognized and being aired and, I think and the fact really is cool. you're taking that ownership and lead and it's not somebody an outside source taking that um controlling that narrative which is really yeah. quite interesting and you know what i mean by that it's like you're taking I do. ownership of it <laughs> but you're somebody that yeah. doesn't shy away from expressing yourself and mashallah you also yeah. have the friday feeler podcast which is yeah. um reflections and personal re- realizations that you share on this weekly podcast and um, yeah. this love for writing this love for reflection where does it come from and you've had mashallah i've been following your journey for a good number of years i've been following your sister you know that right <laughs> 
<laughs> I always get creeped up by stalkers, but okay. <laughs> she said that so loud as well. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, you know, my journey has been, um, my journey has been, uh, subhanAllah, what could I say? I have been on a massive, like, tumultuous journey, and I'm so glad to be where I am and grateful to where to be where I am now. Um, I have taught in uh, colleges. Um, I have taught in Egypt. I have taught here. I've been an editor, writing coach. But I think my um, call to be reflective comes from my tests comes from my trials, comes from my struggles and knowing that other people are going through that mm-hmm. and it helps me to my reflections help me to make sense of my own mess and my own issues and mm-hmm. my own journey and it also gives me the opportunity to share it with other people so that they can almost see themselves in it and I often get that oh my god sister how did you know mm-hmm. can you read my mind yeah. that's exactly I feel that and I think that drives me that, that I love that. I love to hear from sisters who have um, been through the same thing because often, again, it's similar to the, uh, the premise of honesty talk. Mm. These things aren't spoken about. So when we start opening up, that's when we can start growing. That's when we can start mm. moving forward and developing. Inshallah. And your development, journey of development has been very intriguing because you mentioned you being a teacher. Um, yeah. And are you still a cheat? teacher i mean you're teaching in a different method but um uh, share with us that that change of uh, experience i believe i'll always be a teacher i believe i've always been a teacher at heart i took i used to teach english at a a local college i taught for eight years um as well as teaching abroad in egypt Um, i taught english there as well but i'm still i'm still in the realm of teaching Mm now um so i i run courses personal development courses and stuff so i've actually i'm in the midst of um the registration process for my new um course uh called evolve during ramadan actually it's not new because i've done it three years in a row um so it's the third year i'm running it and it's a pre it's a very different pre-Ramadan course for mm. sisters, um, oh, not wow. your box standard, do mm-hmm. this, do that. It's mm-hmm. very much on the inside out mm-hmm. um, approach. So that's what we're, that's what I'm focusing on teaching now. But I have left my um, old job. I resigned in 2017. And that was an interesting <laughs> process wow. as well, deciding that I'm going to walk away from secure income. Gosh, that that is quite um, a move, a change, a very brave move to do. Um, And what? So, why did you want to leave? And um, what was the next stage of development for you? To be honest, I love everything about being in the classroom. I love my students. I love the banter. I love you know even telling them off because they were just they used to crack me up. So everything about being in the actual classroom was fantastic. Everything outside of it. That's where the whirlwind was. And I found that personally it became too much of a a case of ticking boxes and uh, jumping through hoops. Bureaucracy. Yeah, I I felt Mm. like I was doing things that I was not told that I would be doing in my teacher training courses, you know. Mm. And so I I decided to make that move. It was a long, you know, a year-long time of ruminating, thinking about it, talking about it. And then I took the leap. I just talked to Allah, and I took the leap. And wow. alhamdulillah, I've, I've been doing my personal development work full-time ever since, alhamdulillah, and it's been great. 
And how did people respond to you when you wanted to leave like a cosy job? Because people assume teaching is cosy. You've got the holiday yeah. pay, so forth, yeah. and you can manage your children around this profession. And why would um, you want to leave it when um, it fits in so nicely into like, you know, balancing home work life? Um, what was the response yeah. from your colleagues and people around you? why the hell are you doing that for and how are you going to pay your bills and oh my god am i the only one suffering from the from uh, like the not having to have secure income like there were a whole host of insecurities thrown at me but i knew that it was a projection of whatever was going on for them okay. so i i kind of it just kind of i shrugged it off it didn't bother me there was one only one colleague well there were a few colleagues but the one one specific colleague said you know it's going to be all right god's going to take care of you wow so this was a what i'm saying <laughs> beautiful like a non-muslim colleague reassured you by saying god will take care of you absolutely that's beautiful that is really but that's all you needed to hear right because that's what you were echoing inside your heart and your mind exactly and, exactly. and God has been taking care of you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has because mashallah, you know, 2019, my darling. Um, tell us what, what's happening now. What are you getting involved with and, and how oh has goodness. the change been a positive one for you? <laughs> there have been, there was so much. I had a team meeting with my team this morning and I'm like, dude, just write my to-do list for me, okay? And I'll just do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> frazzled, frazzled. But alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Allah has put me somewhere where I'm honoured to be, where I'm honoured to help sisters and teens, where I'm honoured to be serving sisters to really move towards greatness for themselves mm-hmm. and their families. Um, and so I've got courses. I've got um, a retreat that I'm um, t- um, retreats that I'm going to be taking part in the summer, inshallah. Ah, and just loads of workshops and just carrying on um, giving excellent value to mm. ladies who are on my Friday Feeler family and they, you know, and um, interacting on Facebook and social media and things like that and honesty talk too. So it's just a whole load of exciting, beautiful things. Alhamdulillah. And you have this beautiful energy and you remind me of... Um of not, of somebody that is very dear to my heart, Naima B. Robert, your energy level. Oh, yeah, she's my good, she's my good friend. <laughs> yeah, you just drop my name to her. You just do that. <laughs> I will. You have, yeah, her, awesome. you have that spark, that energy um, similar to her whenever, she, oh. whenever I have the pleasure of interviewing her and it kind of like, it's a real good feel-good factor. So Friday Feelers, I know it's going to be full of lots of energy and, and um, Honest Tea Talk sounds tremendous as well, mashallah. Now, folks, if you've just tuned into the show you are listening to the urban cube with Misha Miser. we are nearing to the end of the show but the show will be repeated 8 p.m and you get to hear the wonderful voices and energy from all our guests this morning sharing their creative journey and their passion for bringing their creativity to the wider communities mashallah and on the show right now i'm joined by no other than layinka sani what a beautiful name layinka i'm going to find out a little bit more where that name originates from she's talking to me about honest tea talk the first episode was launched this morning, people, mashallah. Um, and we're also talking to her about Friday Feel at her podcast. And um, Layinka is a former teacher, but she's still teaching. She's still in that realm of teaching, mashallah. But she's a writing coach, um, a former editor, somebody who's a lover of words. And I want to ask you, Layinka, um, somebody who's a lover of words, when's the last time you wrote a handwritten note to somebody or you received one? And um, is that a dying art form at the moment? Because we're so everything is so email and text and whatsapp based 
last week to my son. To your son? Yeah. Oh. I keep a journal with him. We have a journal that we keep together. So we write to each other in our journal. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's 15, right? So it's, it's, it's like a little secret between us because don't let my don't let his friends know. No, they're not listening to the show. I promise you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it was a it was a nice little love note that I left for him, and he wrote one back. It was nice, yeah. Wow, that's a beautiful way of communicating with your son. Um, that's yeah. really really cool. I mean, being a mother of a teenage boy, um, what's the journey like? Uh, <laughs> it's um, it's a learning process. Uh, you know, it's it's. The moment I think that I know what I'm doing, he he kind of proves me wrong. Okay. <laughs> so uh-huh. It's but alhamdulillah because I have I've been on a personal journey to um, heal myself and work on myself. I believe okay. that it's improved my relationship with myself. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Because we need to start with ourselves, right? We need to work on ourselves yeah. and then make ourselves a better person. If we're happy in our space, then inshallah that resonates and reflects. I want to ask you about your beautiful name, Layinka. Tell me where does that come from? Comes from Nigeria. Um, the full version of my name is actually Ola Yinka, so it's mm. got an O at the beginning. But uh-huh. I dropped my O because I share my full name, Ola Yinka Sani, with a famous basketball player Ooh. in uh, the States. And, you know, if anyone wants to Google us, they'll only ever find her. So Ooh. I dropped my O and made it in I love how you just like, you know, let it go, let it go, let her have it, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. just let her have it. She better be grateful. She better be grateful. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're also finding out um, about, it is also national um, uh, sweater day, my darling. So how are you rocking your sweaters um, in this weather, I, I struggle. I, str- I struggle with um, sweaters because I I don't know. I find it hard to regulate my heat, my body heat. Uh-huh. So I'll I'll wear sweaters and then sweat. Is that what they're, that's what they're meant to do, right? Are they? Because, oh, I, I don't know. I've learned something new today. <laughs> I don't know. I made that up. But um, never get fashion <laughs> advice from this woman. I hope she's not discussing fashion. Um, I'm so not. Ha- um, hand knitted. Oh, I don't think I've ever had a hand knitted. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I feel like I've missed out on something big. Have you ever had one? Yes. You know, I'm going to say a massive shout out to my lovely neighbour, um, um, Amy, in Nottingham. Whenever uh, the ch- I see, mashallah, every child that's been born in our family, she's always hand knitted them a baby newborn cardigan. How cute okay. is that? Absolutely. See, see, my kids have them, but I've never had one for myself. Uh-huh. Maybe that's yeah. something you could do on Honest Tea Talk. Sit there knitting. No. Yeah, <laughs> you're not feeling that vibe, right? <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> but um, something else we talked about this morning—I don't know if this resonates with you—is the fact that the NHS are actually now prescribing art um, as a means of of uh, just you know to to folk really. Um, yay or nay with that? Do you think that's a great idea? Or absolutely yay. Oh, wonderful! Absolutely yay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's all I need to take because we're heading off to a break now (laughs) at the end of the show. (laughs) It's been awesome having you, Lainka, joining me on the show. I'm super excited to catch you on his tea talk and inshallah, wishing you the very best with everything you do. You've got such a beautiful personality and I've really enjoyed interviewing you this morning. And you can catch your feet at 8 (laughs) p.m. Thank you so much, my lovely. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and good luck with everything. Assalamu alaikum. 
Wa alaikum salam. That was the wonderful Layinka Sani, mashallah, talking to us about everything that she's involved with. And she's involved with lots and lots of stuff. You, um, I am heading to the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in and catch the repeat at 8 p.m. And from me, assalamu alaikum and stay warm and stay safe and keep smiling. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>